Hello and welcome to Plastic Lizard Uncovered, the show where we talk about albums and EPs with the people who know them the best, the artists themselves. This week, I'm joined by Lucas Kaczynski and Jamil Farouk, who both create music under the names Fried Monk and Beautiful Fortune, respectively. Kaczynski has been part of Philadelphia's vibrant music scene, owns a recording studio, and makes electronic boom-bap style music under the name Fried Monk. Jamil has also been very active in Philly's Indian alternative scenes as well as working on various other projects. Beautiful Fortune is his latest endeavor, a place where he can think outside of his alternative rock constraints and be free to explore other musical styles while showing off his artwork as well. At the height of the pandemic, the two put their creative minds together and isolated with one another to create the aptly titled Here Is One EP. The EP brings both artists' styles together in a seamless way, and both of them get to flex their creative muscles at the same time. Join me as I talk to both Beautiful Fortune and Fried Monk about the EP and everything that surrounds it, from topics like collaboration, isolation, and even space and time. So sit back and relax as I talk to Fried Monk and Beautiful Fortune about their latest EP, Here Is One on this episode of Plastic Lizard Uncovered. Hi guys, could you uh, could you introduce yourself and uh, tell us who you are and what you did on the album? Sure, uh, I'm Jamil. Uh, I sometimes release music under the moniker Beautiful Fortune and I write songs, and sometimes I write songs with my buddy Luke. Uh, yeah, my name's Luke. I also sometimes release music under Fried Monk, both based out of Philly, and we both basically split all this songwriting and uh, odd sounds down the middle. How did you two? How did you two end up meeting each other, and how did you uh, form this project together? So we I was working for a bit. Yeah. Um, on I, I helped Jamil work on some of his uh more full band stuff um sure. and we had met through a company that jamil worked for and i was doing some work with uh kind of freelance and the there was a studio where i was working in inside of his office and every now and then i would go take a coffee break um head to the kitchen, grab a water or a snack or something. And Jamil kind of just sparked up a conversation. He knew I was opening up a studio. Um, and then from there, just kind of started talking about working together and writing songs. And he showed me, I remember talking to Jamil a couple of times and um, then he showed me his music and I heard his voice singing and I didn't believe it was the same person. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, this is fucking crazy. Like, this yeah. dude's got some pipes. <laughs> so then from there, we kind of just hit it off. Um, I played drums on the first EP that he brought into the studio, recorded and mixed it, and we've been making music since. So how long ago do you think that was? Like a couple of years ago or i don't know maybe five six years ago something like that at this point i think it was 2013 because we opened the studio in 2014 and we were talking about it as we were looking for places yeah so it, it was either could have been somewhere around there it was either the summer of 2013 15. or 2014 i remember it was warm out it was definitely warm out because yeah 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 i remember that 
I feel like these days asking somebody about time is the hardest thing because for the last year, time has just sort of been one giant day, it feels like sometimes. Yeah, right? I was just talking yeah. to someone and I said, oh, yeah, last summer. No, never mind. That was COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so the summer before that is what I meant. Yeah. 2020 just didn't exist. My whole perspective on time has gotten a lot different, especially since like I graduated college like two years ago. And then you get like you get ousted into like the real world and you're like, oh, I don't have like summer vacations. I don't have anything. And then on top of that, COVID, it's like, yeah, that that kind of that kind of messed everything up. Yeah, I was related years in time to what year of school I was in. And then once I graduated, it all just starts blurring together. And I forget oh, yeah. the years because I don't have junior year anymore. It's just now whatever year it is. That's yep. kind of it's kind of depressing to think about, honestly, for me. But yeah. I can't remember. It was either this birthday or the last my mom called me and she was like, happy birthday. I was like, whose birthday is it? Yours. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what day is it? And then both of us fumbled around to figure out how old I am. <laughs> yeah, I guess it gets it gets harder. <laughs> yeah. Either that or you just stop paying attention. Yeah. So do you think this EP came together uh quickly because of your because of your past relationship with one another and it was just easier to um to work with work with each other on this album? I mean EP. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think yeah. definitely having uh, a work, like, you know, when, when Luke says he used to play on some of my songs, that's that's an understatement. I mean, Luke has played on a great portion of my catalog. He's helped produce a bunch of my songs. So he's, he's he you know, if anything, the guy that kind of came in a little blind is me because I've never actually worked with Luke on any of his material. So all I really have the experience of is Luke kind of guiding me in the studio and then me guiding him and then him just going in destroying it on the drums right so um but yeah i think it's i think it's more just like the i think the idea for us to get together was just look we just wanted to we know how to play we've been both playing since we were kids and we both know how to write we've been both writing for for a long time now so i think the thing was is just that knowing each other being fans of each other's music having worked together in the studio we have a good sense of who each other is and just had a good feeling that look, let's just go out there, let's take a chance, let's make some art and it'll probably work out. I think I think more than anything, it's just that we were comfortable from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. It's like and that, that's like you don't have that beginning yeah. interaction that you do yeah. with someone that you're just meeting. Like it's like where we've already been buds for years. So yeah. there was never a sense of like, oh, I don't know if I should suggest this. It's like, yeah, yeah suggest whatever you want. And then if they exactly. don't like it, that's fine. There's exactly. there's never there's never any hesitancy i think which made it yeah. really organic and easy to get ideas across quickly well yeah like mm -hmm. you were saying creating yeah. art with somebody who you're familiar with is a lot easier than creating art with like somebody like hey let's collab or like hey i know this yeah, guy let's collab like what sorry i need to like i need that i need that connection yeah i think that connection kind of helps make something you're proud of so do you think that like working together and like knowing each other helped your art or helped this help this come to fruition in a way or do you usually do you usually come up with your music in kind of like a spur of the moment like fashion like it seems like you guys did on this on this ep it's something that like it's half and half for me where sometimes it just comes and that's most of the time my favorite song that I work on is the one that just organically spills out 
Um, but then other times it's something I really have to try and do. The, the last 10% is the hardest part for me. That's what yeah. takes the longest. That first 90% comes out so quickly. Jamil pumps out song ideas though so quickly. I think, I've never seen someone finish a song faster than this guy. I think, look, I think it's just, it's songwriting. I, I, I can remember exactly how old I was when I wrote my song because I remember the, my crush that I wrote it for at, that, at the time. So I started writing songs when I was an eighth grader. And since I started writing my first handful of songs, and then when I had the opportunity to record with a band in high school, it just became an obsession. So I think it's there's not a day that goes by where I'm not dilling something down or humming something into my voice notes. And I think just the ability to pump them out is just sheer practice. It, it's something that I really love. I rarely ever sit down and say, hey, today I'm going to write this song or write and try and write a song. It's usually like, oh, this idea came. And sometimes that idea will sit on my voice notes for years before I remember it was there. Sometimes it'll come back and I'll be like, hey, am I covering someone? And then I'll remember I wrote it a long time ago. <laughs> I've, I've had that once before. Yeah. Dude, you're, yeah. you're way more musical than anyone else I've met, though, and not even on like a performance level, but just like like the one point in the studio when you were like, "Yeah, I hear melodies with like things that aren't music," and you said you heard a melody with my name or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. Had that recording in my phone. I was like, "What is my melody?" And I yeah. you record it into my phone. I'm gonna sample that one. Day. It's it's very funny. Um, yeah, I don't know why, but sometimes I just hear music in things and. Um, I'm writing some music with my buddy Rory right now, and he was on the way over to my house where I have a little home studio set up, and I was uh, stumbling out of a bar to meet him. And I literally ran home, so I was like, Rory, I saw this guy walking across the street, and his footsteps gave me like a melody. I got to go home and catch it before I see you. So it just happens sometimes. I don't know why. I think it's just a love of music. I'm always listening to music, so I'm probably just stealing melodies from somebody else that I don't but know. That's a, that's a skill I don't have. Like, you can pick out a melody from something and recognize it. I have to really dig to find the melody. Like, I, sure. I don't recognize it. You do very easily. Where well, I'll sample, you. like, I'll sample kids on a playground and make a mm -hmm. melody out of that, but I have to slam it with effects and compression and then make the kid laughing four octaves lower to make mm -hmm. it an odd melody like i don't i don't hear it until it's obvious you hear it before it's way obvious which is interesting oh, i guess so yeah thanks with that so how how much of this how much of the recording process and how much of the creation of your instrumentals on this particular ep came from like those those audio samples that you have on your phone and how much came on uh, i think this whole, i think yeah i think the whole thing was pretty organic from start to finish so basically like in the past when we had written songs mm. it was mostly luke playing drums on songs that i had written and this time i didn't want to do that he didn't want to do that we wanted to write the songs together so i was very much like well how do we you know i've actually never really written songs with somebody before outside of like writing for somebody in a band or like in high school or whatever right so i was like luke how do we how do we do this and luke was just basically like hey man like come up with some ideas you know record them send me the stems and then we'll see what i can do with them so we just did it as an experiment and i was i sent him over a little ditty um and then he had put it into a session he sent it back to me and it was you know the, the birth of sort of patient zero and that was kind of i think probably the most independent songwriting we did on this
outside of that, everything in the studio kind of went along those same ways where we would record and Luke would say, you know, just go in that room or sit behind me and play something. And I'm just going to record you until I find something that I like. Then he would just somehow manipulate it and it would just become awesome. And then we just had uh, the bones and, and, and the foundation for a house that we could build upon, you know? Yeah, Fried Monk at its core for me is sample-based. I, I grew up trying to learn GarageBand and then Logic and Audacity by taking a sample I found online and making a beat out of it. Um, very, very Wu-Tang, RZA-influenced, very East Coast kind of boom-bap style-influenced. Um, the, the whole Fried Monk project for me was really taking sounds and making them into songs. So that's kind of how I always approached this this artist and to start this project when Jamil asked me to work with him as fried monk I just go straight to sampling so I was like yeah give me some ideas they don't have to be full songs I don't want them to be full songs I think you'll waste your time if you make full songs because I want to make it something entirely different it's kind of funny to hear that the one song that you guys made as like as individually as you can on this project is one of the tracks about isolation on here. So like how, what was your relation? What is your relationship like with the concept of isolation? Do you guys like find yourselves as I guess, naturally introverts or do you guys, um, do you guys think that you were kind of ousted into it with this, uh, pandemic since this track seems to parallel, you know, the pandemic. I never recognized that. That's really interesting. Yeah, you say that's that. really funny that you say that too. We never pointed that out. I think there's a lot of people who will ask us like, Hey, I hear a lot of like loneliness and isolation and, and sort of a void on this record. And is this pandemic related? And, and is that how you were feeling at the time? And I think that one thing that people probably don't recognize is that these lyrics were all written on the fly inside the studio. So there wasn't much thought put into them outside of, I think, maybe the subconscious at work. And then I think some of it is just trying to make words rhyme within the melody. You know, I think the best thing that I can say about this record is that songwriting for us is, or at least for me, it can be my story, it can be Luke's story, it can be somebody else's story, it can be completely made up. You know, that's, it's, that's what great songwriters and scriptwriters and so forth do. So if we guys gave you scenes of love, scenes of isolation, that's how you felt about it. That's great, but I don't know if that was the intent. I just think we just wanted to write a great song. Yeah, going back to your question, I think Jamil's the extrovert, and I'm definitely the introvert. I, I felt like I was thriving during quarantine. Mm. I almost okay. felt guilty I was enjoying quarantine. I also lucked out because I had a buddy of mine who just got out of a relationship, so he was crashing in my guest room, and he was a chef at a really nice restaurant, and the owner told him to go into the walk-in freezer and take all the food back with him. So I had, like, Wagyu beef and, like, sea urchin and fucking caviar, oh, which is caviar is gross. That's just rich people salt. But I think so. That's just what you're talking about. I, 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 it's so, it's so gross. <laughs> It's so gross. But I would like wake up and like he would make me like Wagyu beef steak and eggs for breakfast. And then he'd like play PS1 for like a couple hours. I don't know. It was it was weird, but I was uh I'm I'm very comfortable being alone. I'm I'm okay with that. But at the same time I love going out and hanging out yeah. with people. I, I love writing sad things in my music and I like making sad sounding music. I'm not necessarily sad when I'm doing it's, it. It's not sad, Luke. I think I think you and I love to live in the minors, and I think those are the most interesting places yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. You but know? you're not going to write a happy pop yeah. song in a minor, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I think I, I always gravitate towards a darker scale. Sure. 
I think there's also something that you and I share, which is, look, uh, you know, if you listen to a song like Planet B, it's a very upbeat and optimistic sound, but I guess you could say that lyrically it is somewhat macabre. juxtaposition is a good thing you know it's very easy to have a bright and poppy song and be very cheerful with with your tone your voice and what you're saying but i think it's a bit more interesting to you know if you can explore happiness and darkness at the same time i think in some ways that's exploring the human emotion we all go through those feelings so why not embrace both you know simultaneously if you can no, I think my favorite moments with art, with music, um, comes from music that sounds happy, but really when you look at it, I, I kind of like tracks that, you know, are happy, but then they're also like, oh, wait, the lyrics in this are kind of like, is this guy okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way, man. That yeah. juxtaposition is so yeah. cool for me. I love that. It's great. I want to know more about the beat, the, the creation process, like instrumentally for a track that's like influenced by a certain emotion or concept like uh, Patient Zero seems to be. Um, what are some things that you keep in mind while uh, coming up with beats to convey a certain idea? That one kind of started with just the guitar track that you hear right in the opening. And from there, I really just built it off of a drum pattern that I liked and kind of made from hearing that guitar track. I knew that I, I didn't want the song to be in 4-4 because I loved that guitar part. And I forget, is the, was the guitar part in 4-4 in the beginning? I don't know, Luke. At the I remember at the time I was listening to a lot of music from Senegal. So I was like, oh, I want to give Luke something sort of like West African style. I want to throw that at him and see what he does. I so I remember when those you original that. parts. Yeah. 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 So you took the, whatever those original parts was where I was playing in a rhythm that, you know, I don't, you know me, man, I don't know music math, but Senegalese music has this like in between the whatever vibes that make you sort of like bounce in a very particular way. So I wanted to write a song that made me bounce like that. I don't think it sounds anything like a Senegalese track, but um, that's what I wanted to give you and see what you could do with it. And I think, yeah, when you came back, I remember the back half to the track, I had written that little like chord piece and sent it back to you. Um, I think I might've played some keys under it or something and sent those two tracks back to you. And I remember you were walking home, I think from, um, not Barcade, but one of those bars that night, and you were listening to it on your walk up, and you're like, yo, I dig this. We can do something with this. And then we went into the studio. And we actually thought those two sections were going to be two completely different songs. And we're like, nah, let's just smush them together. I forget that. I definitely, I wasn't walking from a bar. That was like during COVID, though. I think you might have gotten takeout, carryout beers or something. I know you were walking back from somewhere in the room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was. I was just getting like takeout food or something. Yeah. To, like support like a local or something. Yeah. Um, that was you i think you gave me three or four guitar tracks 
to start that yeah. from there i just put them all together so they all were playing at the same time and then i think i pitched it down like half an octave or something they're definitely way pitched down from where they originally were and then i dropped the tempo of it too and then found a cool it wasn't a loop i remember making that drum pattern that's on there but still trying to find a loop to go underneath it so it's like it's like a hodgepodge of a couple of different drum things that are yeah. happening and then that kind of sculpted the first half and then the second half i remember really i mean i still love the record so much but there's a Haley williams record that came out during covid and there's one track where the whole second half is just this really nice just beautiful quiet Rhodes piano part where you could like hear her bench squeaking in the recording the chords i just like that that second half of that song was so powerful to me that i was like it'd be cool if we did something kind of similar to that so i had that song in my head and i was like this whole second half needs to kind of stay four four it's way too pretty yeah. of an ending to keep this weird it was like because it's like eight and then six i think so as, you can, tell, point, as yeah. you can tell, Mike, this is a, this is a real collaboration because <laughs> neither one of us even know how we made this record without yeah. each other. <laughs> yeah, it's like all the old, yeah. like Will and old school. Yeah, like, like what did really you do? What did I do? I black out when I'm uh, in the middle of my speech. Uh, it's like, how do, I, how do I do? I black yeah. out. <laughs> We're actually we're actually like Millie Vanilli. We really didn't make this. <laughs> Somebody else. <laughs> No, I think it's I think it's cool to really hear you two. Like you two seem to have such an appreciation and understanding for each other. That's really it. Just it it, it really radiates, and I think it does radiate as well on this record. So it's it's really cool to hear you two talk and interact. I think a lot of the again a lot of the people that I think of when I think of you know dynamic duos have that kind of banter with each other and understanding and i think i can we i can definitely see it in this interview with with you guys thank you mike thanks so we'll move on to planet b now um we kind of touched on the lyrical content and that juxtaposition between the music and and the lyrics the lyrical content you know is about growing apart from somebody and you know we get a summary we get a song you know about that heartbreak and kind of coming to terms with living with without somebody so how's your relationship with uh this breakup and like growing distance to somebody changed do you think that the content of this track would have been different if you would have written it earlier in your breakup i think it's more i i kind of i guess i'll put it like this i think that there are some relationships you have in life where somebody means the world to you and or in the other case somebody becomes your world mm -hmm. and when you're no longer asked to be in that world you have to go find a footing somewhere else and i think that's really just what kind of the song is you know kind of turned into on the back half of the song uh, or the second verse was was just that piece there right it, you know the guy is just finding his way around and he's found a spot that he wants to be and he just wants to be left alone you know you said we have a problem she says she wants to fly back home i send her back How 
how therapeutic do you think was it for you to write something like this? Did you ever have like a aha moment while writing it? Or did you have these thoughts? Were these thoughts formulated before you put them down on like paper? I didn't think about, I don't know about you, Luke, but I didn't think about the meaning of any of these songs mm. as we were writing them at all. No. I, didn't I did even have really... an aha moment uh, though. What was I that? Didn't, I didn't like the O's in the chorus until yeah. I heard them all together. I was like, ah, yeah. it's kind of cheesy, dude. I don't know if we should yeah. do that. And then you're yeah. like, no, we're doing that. We're I'm doing like, that. Okay. Yeah. And then I tried them, and then we layered like six different voices on yeah. it. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. you're right. When you're right, you're right. <laughs> don't search for me on planet B. I'll be living on the sun. Living is one. I think that's one of the greatest things about like Luke and myself making music is that both of us have a good understanding with one another where it's like, we usually agree on most things, but if we disagree, we have a tendency to be respectful of the person who feels truly strongly about it and let it go. And I think yeah. that the good thing about well, it is for the that better too. Like, yeah, it's, it's for the like better we're like, too. We're like, we're not letting it go in a fact that like, I feel like we always try it. Oh, we try everything. But I think when yeah. you let it go, I think we both realize that nobody here is like, to flex their musical genius over one another. Everybody, yeah, the two of us are actually invested in making the best possible song that we can. So parts that I walk out of the seat and be like, ah, I don't know, maybe we should have gone with the other idea. I'll listen to it for two days. I'll be like, oh, Luke was totally, he was on point. Sounds, sounds way better this way. So I think we just have a good sense and respect for the song that's driven by a respect for each other. So mm. it's not about like who plays what or who, you know, in this song, you know, Planet B, I think I played the bass line for the verses. Luke played the bass line for the chorus. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think also, yeah, I think you also played the bass lines in the, in the, um, under, under the solos, right? So it's like two guys took the line. It was never like, I'm playing bass on this. And in fact, there are times where Luke would just be like, yo, you're feeling this. You should jump on bass right now. Right. So that's, that's kind of how we, we look at it. We have a, we have an obligation to the song. That's what we're there to make. And we're just happy to be able to do it with each other. It's funny you say that. You, I can tell physically without you saying anything when you're feeling something. You kind of yeah. turn into like that little kid at the playground. You're like, fuck yeah, yeah swings, dude. There's swings here. I just don't know. Yeah. You get a twinkle in your eye, man. You get a twinkle for sure, you know? <laughs> yeah. You, you, yeah. I, I can see the look yeah. in my head. <laughs> Planet B, you know, we see we see a lot of comparisons to like outer space and i've i've heard that you have an obsession you know about the sun and like outer space in general i guess i wanted to know what your obsession was and why you feel this connection to the sun me personally i mean um the sun is life man i mean you need it to grow your food. Uh, you need it for light so you don't freeze to death. But more interestingly enough, like the sun is something that you can feel, but you'll never be able to touch. And outer space is just, I mean, I have no idea what's out there. And I think the question for me in my life has always just been driven. You know, everything I do is driven by curiosity. Space, the sun, the planets, beyond. I'm just curious, not why we're here, but where we came from. Yeah, I, I I think I, I I don't have that obsession, but I had that interest from mm -hmm. working with Jamil. I, I kind of gravitate way more towards most of my writing. I feel it with going back to what we were talking about before is time and how yeah. fast it's just mm -hmm. accelerating more and more. The older we get, it just goes quicker. There's like less things to relate time passing to, which is what I feel is a big proponent of why it keeps accelerating and going faster. Also on an unrelated note, I think we, I, th I don't know if this is a fact, you'll have to Google it, but I think I heard this somewhere. I think we know more about space than we know about the ocean. Yeah, I've heard that too, yeah. Just bananas, if you think about huh. it, right? 
because there's, I mean, literally, outer space is being created, like, right now as we know it. So that's kind of, mm -hmm. it's kind of weird to think about. It's kind of scary, too, because, like... It wasn't, like, till a decade ago where we even had, like, think about this. We put a man on the moon, but we didn't have, like, the technology till, like, a decade or so ago to be able to have a depth finder that could withstand the pressure of space to find the deepest depths mm -hmm. of the sea, like, of the ocean. Like, that's insane. I guess no pressure is easier than a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. I, I never thought about that before. Yeah. Ocean's pretty fascinating and terrifying. Yeah. I, I think I'm way more of an ocean than space person. That I just get so intrigued by that whole realm of what we haven't touched at the bottom. Well, Luke, there are no sharks in space that we know of. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so Not you can't. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 can, you can have the ocean, buddy. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take the great black sky. <laughs> I think that might be, I, I might have to agree with you on this one. I don't think, uh, I don't think I want to go into the, into the ocean anytime soon. I go surfing over space any day. <laughs> I guess we talked a little bit about time and that, that transitions perfectly to, you know, your third, the third track on this, on this EP. How has your relationship with time changed in recent memory? Um, I guess we kind of talked about this at the beginning with, you know, as a kid, perception of time is very much, you know, related to, oh, school, summer, grades, and things like that. But how do you think your relationship with time has changed um, in, the, in the past couple of years? Going back to quarantine days, that kind of was my breath of fresh air because it was the first point in my adult life where I didn't have something I had to do the next day. So it gave me a, a chance to kind of step back and realize that like I can breathe for a second and kind of recalibrate and figure out what, what is happening and where I'm at with myself. I feel like there's just, I, I, a big part of it for me is I don't understand how people get bored. I don't think there's enough free time. There are never enough hours in the day, even just to, sit down and do that hobby um i realize like the older you get the more you have to decide choices of all right spend a half hour watching a netflix show where, which can easily turn into three hours by clicking the next episode or letting it autoplay or sit down and read a book or yeah. figure out that next project you want to do because it's so difficult to even just meet up with people nowadays and just schedule that one hangout with someone that you haven't seen for years. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's kind of weird because, you know, Mike, I make my living on the road. I enjoy being on the road. Uh, I'm a pretty big traveler. It's very rare for me during a, I guess, a pre-COVID world. It would have been very, very rare for me to be home at more than two and a half, three weeks at a clip throughout the year, you know? So I think everybody, you know, was very much like Luke was saying earlier, I'm, I'm actually relatively extroverted, but I think a lot of people forget that a lot of that time I spent on the road is alone. But the fact that I'm an extrovert, I can make friends with strangers and things like that relatively quickly. Um, but I think what was really cool about COVID was like, yeah, everybody's like, oh, Jamil, this is going to be an extrovert's worst fucking nightmare. And I agree with, I agree with uh, Luke. Like the first thing I was like, oh man, this is, the, this is finally the perfect opportunity for me to build out my home studio 
this is finally the perfect opportunity for me to sit and be able to play my guitar, you know, as often as I want, whenever I want. It's a great opportunity for me to sharpen my knife skills because I like to cook, but I used to be horrible at chopping things, you know? So I think uh, maybe, maybe Luke, we're just wired that way where our minds always have to kind of go a thousand miles an hour. And maybe that's not the best of all things, right? But I feel like that's like, that's the guilty conscious of a creative because at the end of the day, if you don't have something to show for yourself, you feel guilty yeah. that you didn't sit down write a song or you didn't sit down and learn a new skill yeah that's always like like i get really bummed when i don't have new music that i have to listen to in the car yeah. i'm like ah like i already checked all my mixes they're good <laughs> now yeah. i have nothing on the horizon like i i, I feel like it's that that creative mindset yeah. it's just like you, you there's never enough hours because if you spend the day watching a movie instead of learning something or or creating something then you're you have that guilt oh yeah dude i would say that's the thing that I did the least of over the last year. Like the only time I would really watch movies and stuff was if I was on an airplane or like, you know, I'm at a hotel or something like that. But like everybody was like, oh, Jamil, there's all these good shows you got to watch. You know, Netflix has this and HBO has that. And I was just like, man, I cannot commit, you know, eight episodes to something. I just rather write music or do something else. So watching TV was something that I did very, very little of during the pandemic and still still do for me my relationship with that stuff is kind of it's more just there for a mental like my mental block is just kind of like oh i want to make things but like i'm too scared because i'm afraid of like oh what are people gonna say about this thing that i that i you who know who cares who cares yeah who cares? And I'm slowly getting out of that sort of that negativity, which is which is super nice. And like once I once I spread my wings, it's going to be it's going to be real fun and it's going to be a lookout world type moment. But for now, it's just kind of like, uh, I can tell you this, Mike, like people like Luke and I pour our heart and soul into making this music and you know, we have no control over how anybody receives it. People can like it. They can love it. They can hate it. Or the reality of it is that the majority of people will never even hear it. The one thing that nobody will ever be able to take away from us is the fact that we made it. And like the best part of this record, when I listen to it, is I think about those however many odd hours Luke and I spent in the studio creating this thing and how much fun that was. And that was something that was super intimate and something only that he and I have ever shared and, and nobody will have ever shared that with us. And that's, that's the best part of this record to me. So it's like, I'll have that memory. He'll have that memory. We can share that for the rest of our lives. That experience is something that's only ours. Yeah, same yeah. way you were talking about how it's like, you remember that first song you wrote? Yeah. Each time I listen to any song I've yeah. put out, it brings me back to that moment I was making it. And I can remember scenes, like it's like that time capsule for me. But what you were saying before, man, Mike, it's like, remember the days like you had like a speech in a class that you had to give a presentation and how bored you were during everyone else's, but when it's your turn to go up, you're terrified of it. It's like yeah. everyone else is bored of your speech. Not, no one's as critical of your art as the artist. Yeah. yeah. Plus, everybody's quick to have an opinion. Everybody always have an opinion about something that you do. You know, just look at any Facebook post out there. So yeah, my thing is, yeah, my <laughs> thing is, just who, like, who cares what people think? Just do what makes you happy. It's the best way to live. I agree with that. I'm getting, I like I said, I'm getting out of it, and I'm like super excited because I see all these things that I don't want to do, and you know, this, this, these interviews and my you know my blog was just kind of like me coming to the realization like i need something low stakes that i can you know that i can do 
that like shows me that I'm actually, you know, like I'm, I, I have good ideas. This has been a super nice way of like realizing that and talking with, you know, fellow creatives. Um, It's been really, it's just really good for my mental health, I think. I'll tell you what, when we, read, when we read the review, we could clearly tell that, you know, you paid attention and you gave it an honest review. You know, it's easy to tell that you're putting in the work and it's sincere. Yeah. So keep doing what you're doing, man. You're great. Yeah, you're giving a platform to a lot of people, so that's, yeah. a, that's a huge thing. It doesn't go unnoticed when you put something yeah. out. Those people you gave a platform to will notice. I appreciate that, and I think my my you know my relationship with music. I've never like I feel really weird like when I critique people because it's like I have no musical. I have no musical know-how. I just know how music makes me feel, which I think is, you know, it's a it's a compelling thing to think about. But I also, like, don't want to trash on people who, you know, know more about, I mean, some people who make music don't know much about music theory, but that type of stuff. You know, to me, it's just like, well, I don't really want to trash anybody. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm more of like an emotional music listener to where I, I can pick up on that type of stuff, even you know, with, with like instrumental tracks and stuff. I just love, just love music, and I love, you know, hearing creations people make. So yeah, that's all you need. I man. mean, hey, you know, you said you, for it. you said something in there. When we're in the studio, Luke can tell you this. I'll have to look at Luke on the guitar when I'm noodling. He'll be like, yo, what is that you played? And I'll have to literally walk over and show him because I don't know what the name of the chord is or what key it's in or what name of the note is. I have no experience with music theory. Who cares? You know? Yeah. The, the guitar somehow makes sense to me. I just don't know what any of it means, you know? Well, and I don't think, yeah, I don't think music theory is what makes music great. I think, you know, obviously it's the people who, who make it and who yeah. put feeling and emotion into it. I thought there was a really cool moment in this track. And since I've been re-listening to the EP in preparation for this review, I kind of have, I've, I've grown to appreciate this this particular song a lot more than I think I originally did which I'm super excited about. And I love those types of, you know, I love those slow burn type tracks. And this this has been one of them for me. But I think that the, the tempo change is super... Are you, are you talking yeah. about that simple? Yeah, that simple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's our, that's our, fa that's our yeah. favorite track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's our favorite. That's our we favorite track too. That one, I, I just remember leaving the studio that day and being like, I've never made a song like that before in yeah, my life. That was a good one. And the way it came about was really interesting because we, that was the first, that was the one out of the three songs on the EP that we started and finished in the studio. Yeah together and yeah. it started out like because that song's three sections where the first section was the full kind of band sound to it that we wrote together i don't even remember how we started the writing of that but then i, I, I remember it was two chords that i made and then you somehow turned it into a whole thing i don't know what you did i gave you two chords and you were like oh yeah you're, you're, like, you're like what yeah. <laughs> like, you're like turning things and stitching things together and all of a sudden we had this like point, crazy we, we finished planet b and it, it that was another song that we had from the folder of song yeah. ideas so i was like you know what all right we, we got two out of that folder that's awesome that's two more than i even thought we were gonna get let's get a third one by you just noodling i was like just pick up the guitar jameel noodle a little bit I was like, ooh, ooh, that. Um, yeah. DI'd you straight into the computer. We recorded the idea, and then I arranged the first section. You don't like it when you let me down. Can't you see that we've got all 
first section, I remember, I don't know if it was you or me that had the idea, but I was like, no, I know, I know how this works. So first, first off, we had the first section and I was Luke, I'm fucking tired of singing and writing. You need to write and you need to go fucking sing in there. And by the way, I remember exactly, it order. I remember exactly how the second section started because you stopped it at like a, at this like hard stop. And Mike, if you listen to like the original like pieces before, like we kind of really polished it out. It kind of came to like a hard stop with like a little bit of a delay on the trail. I looked at Luke and I just kind of started playing this like minor chord and strumming kind of just very like in a desolate fashion. Yeah. yeah and Luke yeah. looks at me and I told you earlier, like Luke has a twinkle in his eye. Yeah. This guy gives me like this twinkle in his eye and he goes, Hey, I just need you to go in that room. We're going to dirty mic the room. And I just need you to do whatever it is that you're going to do there. And that's how that, that second section, section yeah. is yeah. one microphone with his telly and the Blues DeVille Jr. amp. And yeah. we made sure that the amp wasn't too loud so you could hear his vocals. And he just did that one take, first try. I think you wrote it basically in the room and while yeah, recording I think, I think, it I too. Think it was ad-libbed, yeah. It was, I was like, wait, we need this now, like uh, this section to come here where it's just someone going from this high fidelity recording to, we didn't do it to a click either. That part yeah. is just in the middle. I was like, just wing it, dude, just yeah, go for it. And cool. I hit record and you went in and you fucking nailed it. this out so i think i think you might No, i think no no no. i know what happened so you took this is this is what luke does this is brilliant right well i know i know what i did but i think you had the idea you're like we should go back to the first section no no i didn't i didn't i know Uh. i I, no, no i know when i had that idea but it started with you taking the guitar chords that i was playing and creating that section going boom yeah right yeah then i was like oh you know what would fit right over this and we brought in the reprise. And so the so the melody from in the last section is actually the exact same melody from the start of Patient Zero. The vocal melody. But yeah, the vocal melody. how we kind of crafted that third yeah. part of the song where the drums come back in oh, yeah. that, that like that, that beat fun. behind it was back to the fried monk roots of me loving to sample things. I was like, all right, we need a third section to close out this song after that melodramatic middle part. I took, I think it was the, I think it was just the opening of you playing this the yeah. second part. Yeah. Um, and I took that guitar and then sampled it and put yeah. it onto a controller where you can just chop up the sample and put it onto a bunch of pads. And I just started playing around with it. I was like, all right, cool. This is the idea. And then from that, I made two melodies, the part that goes into it and then the ending. Fix sand to kill now. 
Excited you get to talk about it, you know, with with each other. Wrapping things up, will you be, you know, recording together more under like both the moniker Fried Monk and Beautiful Fortune together? Do you think there's uh something special by way of an album coming out soon or not soon, but like do you think you'll you do you think you'll uh elaborate on these ideas that are showcased on the record? We've got we've got two more um yeah, tracks that we video. started. Yeah. It was kind of pretty quick after. I don't yeah. even think the record was out yet when we did that, right? Yeah, it was. It wasn't out. It wasn't yeah. out. Yeah, we went back in the studio before it was out. Yeah, I mean, I think Luke and I. Uh, our our theory is this: we love doing this together. We have we have a great advantage as musicians is that we have no label, we have no pressure. There's no deadlines. So the only thing that we're thinking about is, or I guess the only thing that would ever stop us is if we just stop having fun doing it. You know, mm. there's no like. Hey, let's put out 20 albums or there's just like, no, like, you know, Oh, we need to rush out the next DP. It's just like, yeah, man, let's, let's just make music when we have time to do it, when we want to do it, when we're feeling it. And, uh, yeah, we've been back in the studio now Luke's working on some awesome projects. I'm working on some other projects. So it'll be a while before we touch those songs again, but then we'll touch them again. We'll have fun, make more. It'll be great. Yeah, no, I, I, there's, there's one out of that too. I love both of them, but the one I'm. Oh, really I know exactly what you're talking about. That song, to work that, song is, that song is badass. That's another. I, it kind of is. It's not. It's very much like that sounding. Yeah. I was thinking Planet B. How there's the juxtaposition between the happy sounding song and then the dark lyrics. Well, no. What I like about it, it's almost like that simple. Because I got to the studio late, and you had already put this great, awesome fucking sample together. I was like, oh, let me jump in. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, like yeah. that was awesome. That was a lot of fun making that track. Yeah. No. It's like tentatively named thanks for being late because yeah. Jamil showed up late and <laughs> up and late. I, I was like all right i'm not gonna wait so i started an idea and then he came and he was like yo <laughs> that's, that's awesome that's sick but yeah so there's uh you'll you'll hear from us again nice sure. perfect thank you for listening too man yeah oh no really i loved it i i was yeah, really I, I really loved all of it um it's super good and i think the the whole like you two coming together and just like sharing your musical brains with each other is just yeah it it's a deadly combination i'd say so thank yeah you. Me, definitely thank you. 
We appreciate it. Was it just nice to quarantine and isolate with somebody for the sole purpose of creating something? I, I think that would have been a really nice experience, especially since you've been, you know, locked away and seen the same similar faces over and over again. Yo, Jamil took me out of a funk for sure. I was yeah. not creating anything for a while in quarantine because I, I had the mindset like, who fucking cares? Like, there's no concerts. I got called off of a tour early, flew home and didn't have work anymore. So I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do with myself. I didn't really want to make music or anything at that point. And he asked me to drum on some of his songs. And then after that happened, we're just like, why don't we just write together? And that, yeah. that, was, that was a really nice thing for yeah. me. He, uh, he, he helped me out for sure. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but unfortunately Luke's uh, misfortunes were sort of my blessings because I love playing with Luke. And on the last record I made, you know, Luke didn't have much time in the studio with us at all. He was on tour. He was doing his own stuff. He released an awesome EP as Fried Monk. So I really missed Luke on the last record. And I was like, oh my God, Luke has time. I was like, I'm just going to have this guy go to the studio and play sick drums. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> like, so I'm sorry, Luke. I hate to say that, but your misfortune really was really awesome for me man yeah but dude it helped me out a lot i i, I needed that thanks so much for talking to me yeah. and thanks for being super friendly it's been great talking to you i've i've loved hearing your guys's you know viewpoints on on music thank, thank you. you yeah, yeah I'm like, you're awesome man. man thank you for having a platform yeah thank you for having us buddy. we really appreciate it yeah taking the time and the years and really appreciate it man a huge thank you to Fried Monk and Beautiful Fortune for agreeing to be a part of the early awkward days of this podcast. I really enjoyed having them on. They are two of the nicest guys I've ever met, which I don't really say something like that lightly, but, but they were. I just love hearing the stories behind the work that goes into the creation of albums and EPs. Both of these guys were amazing guests. Throughout the episode, I could tell they had so much mutual respect for one another and loved what they were doing. You can listen to Fried Monk and Beautiful Fortunes EP anywhere where you stream or download music. In the meantime, uh, be sure to you know check other projects that they've done out, do research on them, follow them on social media. As for me, I am super excited to continue to have these discussions with interesting and talented people. If you have a question, comment, or a connection, please email me at plasticlizardreviews at gmail.com. That's all one word, plasticlizardreviews at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Plastic Lizard Uncovered. This has been Michael Bless saying goodbye for now, and I will see you next week.